Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Malted Muse podcast. In last week's episode, I spoke about a Cornish whisky, and that was exciting news because it's the first Cornish whisky in about 300 years, and that's coming onto the market in limited amounts at £150 per bottle. Well, it's got good company because the news has now come out that the Avendeg distillery, which is the first distillery, first legal distillery that is, in the Outer Hebrides or the Western Isles, uh, is making history because they're releasing their first three-year-old whiskey. There's only 2,011 bottles in total and that is also being coming out on the market at £150 each. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. It's 46% ABV, non-chill filtered, natural cask colour, it's a single cask bottling and it's being bottled by hand. This is a very much a handcrafted product and it's going to be new onto the market. They have in the past released new make spirit. I've not tasted any, I've heard that it's good, pretty certain this is going to be good as well. It's certainly going to be exciting. But that's not the only news that's out there at the moment. St George's Distillery in Norfolk has taken the plunge in July 2011 by entering the World Whiskey Masters. It's the first whiskey competition that they've ever entered and they won four top whiskey awards. And those were awards were for the European Single Malt Standard their Chapter 9 at 46% ABV got a Master Award, whilst the Chapter 6, also at 46% ABV, got a Gold Award. On the European Single Malt Premium, then the Chapter 11 at 46% got a Master Award, and the Chapter 11 Cast Strength also got a Master's Award. Now for me, the biggest and best bit of news is the fact that come February next year, I know at least one bottle that I should be drinking from, and I'm so pleased to be drinking from it. And that's because within my collection at home, there's two bottles. One is a Middleton Very Rare, 1999 edition, which I think was initially bought for Prince Charles, but my wife managed to get hold of it and it got given to me instead. And the other one is a very small bottle of Irish whiskey, eight-year-old Irish whiskey, has no label, just written by hand on that bottle, Love You Dad, which one of my daughters gave to me. Now, I've always said that I will open these bottles, but it won't be until there's a special occasion. And that special occasion would be, most likely, the birth of my first grandchild. And that would make a difference as to which bottle got opened. Because if Kira, my daughter Kira, who gave me the small bottle, gave me a grandchild first, I'd open hers. But if any of the others gave me a grandchild first, I'd open the Middleton Very Rare. Well, come February next year, I should be opening the small bottle. 
courtesy of my daughter Kira, who I'm very proud of and very pleased with the news she's given us that we are going to become grandparents. Yes, I do feel old, but happy to do so. This episode is a strange episode for me because I had plans for a different episode. I was going to spend the time talking about stills. And that led on from one thing to another because I've also been talking with some of my children about carbon footprints and things like that. And then I saw something on YouTube about the new leaf car and the fact that Mark Renier at Brookladdy had got one. I knew a bit about the initiatives that have been going on at Brookladdy and I decided to put those things together and do a short little interview with Mark Renier from Brookladdy Distillery over the phone. And then something happened that took me off guard and that something was quite simply that the interview with Mark Renier was longer and more vibrant than I thought it was going to be and actually felt that it was such a lovely interview with him that it deserved more of an episode by itself. So this episode is mainly that interview with Mark Rainier and me talking about stills will be coming up soon in a future episode. I hope you enjoy this interview. As often is the case with me, the sound quality is not great because of me using mobile phones, but that's the only technology I had that I could use at that point, and what he has to say is wonderful, so please bear with it. Mark, um, thank you ever so much for agreeing to talk to me. Yeah. Um, now, I don't mean to be funny here, Brookhaley Distillery is known for having some pretty old stuff when it comes to machinery and kit and, and yeah. what have you. Much of which backs date to, you know, goes right back to the Victorian times. Yeah. Yet still works really well. And whilst I'm on that subject, if you don't mind me just quickly jumping in here, um, how is Jim McEwen getting on? <laughs> Very funny. Uh, 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 he's in remarkably good form. So, so he's happy as Larry. So, so grandchildren and, and uh, uh, um, uh, all over the shop, so, you know, he, he's in very good form. Yeah, bless him. But getting back to the more serious stuff, Brookladdy is one of those strange distilleries because it has got all this old kit. And if my understanding is right, look, when Brookladdy Distillery was first built, it was pretty much ahead of its time. Yes, um, it was very much a state of the art. Uh, at the time, it was 1881, the same year, don't forget, Buna Harvin was built, both of them, yeah. as purpose-built distilleries, and they were the first ones to be purpose-built, uh, instead of, you know, farm distilleries that had evolved into, you know, the, the big distilleries of today. So, you know, you know that, that burst of distillery activity um, at the beginning of the, uh, what's it, the, the 19th century, um, you know, there was a sort of lull of, you know, 50, 60 years, and mm. then you've got, you know, and I think the catalyst was probably the steamboat, the puffer, which transformed uh, the commercial proposition, um, allowing you to bring extra barley, um, you know, barrels, um, and, and of course coal. Uh, coal being far more efficient to run stills than 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 peat, yeah. you know, calorifically three times more 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 powerful. So so you know 
what the railway did for Speyside, you know, the steam puffer did for the dryer, it produced, uh, it just changed economics. And so the Harvey brothers, who, um, as a whiskey dynastic family, they had, you know, for a hundred years, they had the two biggest distilleries in uh, Glasgow, uh, Dundas Hill and, and, and Yoker. Um, and, uh, you know, so they were steeped in, 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 in whiskey heritage. Unfortunately, the family suffered from, from early deaths, um, and so inheritance was a bit of a problem. Um, and uh, William Harvey Sr. died young at the age of 35, um, leaving some, some very young, three young boys, um, who ultimately inherited the, the family's whiskey distilling assets um, and decided to add a third distillery, Brook Abbey, so that each of the sons could basically be in charge of one distillery each. Mm. That was the sort of the background to it. That's why you know, Brook Abbey was built. Um, and it, a, rather, a, 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 you know, a rather interesting combination of youthfulness, money, whiskey experience, uh, um, which which got the thing off the ground. William uh, Harvey you know, Jr., the, 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 um, the eldest son, who was uh, at the time was 30, had the money. Um, his brother, John, had the whiskey experience. He'd, he'd worked, he'd gone into the family whiskey distilleries in Yoka and Dundasil. And the youngest brother, who was 23, um, had become uh, um, an engineer. So he built it. Uh, it was John's sort of plan, and so William financed it, more or less. So he had quite a heady cocktail. Mm. Trouble is, they all fell out before the distillery had even been finished. And so it ended up in the hands of the major shareholder, who was William, um, and he ran it um, up until his death, uh, just before the Second World War. Yeah. But of course, that's all in the past now. Well, yes, yes and no, because the thing is, it was so well designed, it was so ahead of its time, that we haven't changed anything. It's exactly the same today. It was so well laid out. Right. Uh, um, and that is the key to, 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 you know, what we do here, is, is, you know, we like to think we're all terribly modern and, 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 and sort of forward thinking, but actually, we've got this, this old uh, Victorian machinery, the only open mash tun uh, um, of its type, uh, um, one of our stills is the original 1881 still, and it's you know still going. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so, so, so it was it was very well laid out, um, and it survived a fire, which you know notoriously used to destroy distilleries because of its layout. Um, and you know the wooden washbacks, we still got them. We haven't had to. Uh, um, you know, we haven't got stainless steel ones. You know, so. so so, uh, you know, we're very lucky, and, and, and partly because Brook Raddy had fallen out of favour with, after the various takeovers um, and, and um, rationalisations during the, 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 the 80s and the 90s, and so it, it wasn't modified, and that's to our benefit, that it, it, it was left alone. Yeah. But back in those days, as you were saying, it was very forward-thinking, it was state-of-the-art. Mm. And mm. my understanding of Brookladdy Distillery is, today, you're maintaining that philosophy. It is, it is still... Well, I, 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 think, um, I think intellectually, yes. Uh, um, you know, the, the hardware is, 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 is still there. Uh, um, I, I mean, you're referring to, to our anaerobic digestion plant. Yeah. Uh, um, now, well... 
you know, you, you, you know, you know very well. There's two way streams. Uh, one is draft, and one is pot ale. And you know, pot ale has been put into the sea, uh, um, you know, you know for, for, for centuries. Um, so some people have converted pot ale into feed pellets and bits and pieces. Uh, um, so what we've done is um, installed a, um, a system which is a sort of bonsai, a bonsai anaerobic digestion system. Um, that converts the organic material left in the sort of whiskey, watery waste um, into biogas by the action of microbes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that biogas fuels an engine which turns an alternator which creates electricity that powers the distillery. Now, I mean, it, it, it's a very neat solution, which is what we were after. It's a very Harvey solution. And you know, if it had been available to them back in 1881, I'm sure they'd, they would have done it. Uh, um, the technology is not, you know, the concept is not that new. It's, it's been around for many years. The, the problem has always been that it's been on a huge scale and therefore very expensive. Uh, but with modern uh, um, technology um, and this bonsai scale, um, it suddenly makes it economically viable. Right, but is that is that the the only reason for it? I mean, is this is this something that you're doing out of choice or is it out of economic necessity? Well, no, I I, I mean, no, it's out of choice uh, um, because it sort of seems the right thing. It seems it's a very Harvey type solution. Uh, um, you know, the draft we uh, is taken from the distillery by farmers to feed their cattle and. The cattle create slurry, and the slurry is used to fertilize the fields that grows the barley that we make the whiskey from. Mm. You know, you know half, half our barley is roughly, depending on harvest, half, half our barley is, is grown here on Isla, and it's, it's uh, over a thousand tons. Um, so that's a very neat little sort of, sort of virtuous cycle. So the other virtuous cycle that's glaringly obvious is, is what to do with pot ale. Now, you know, we used to put it down a pipe in front of the distillery into Lock and Dole. Um, but when we took over the distillery, when we sort of reopened it back in uh, 2000, um, environmental reasons, um, the distilleries on Isla were obliged to transport pot ale to the other side of the island in Lorry, in tankers, to pour it down a dedicated pipe into the sound of either right. um, and that was done you know, because um, apparently uh, um, the biodiversity of the loch here um, was going to be affected the fact that you know 130 years you know of putting warm organic rich uh, uh, water into the loch had created a, a very diverse um, bivalve population um, they, you know, it was just one of those sort of knee-jerk reactions, and having forced everybody to tanker pot ale to the other side of the island, they, they, the SEPA, the Scottish Environment Protection Agency, then sort of realised that stopping it going into Lock and Door was a mistake, um, because it, 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 it adversely affected the uh, um, shellfish life in, in the loch. Um, but rather than allow everybody to carry on as they were, they sort of created a bit of a problem. Um, so you know, we found ourselves tankering water uh, from one side of the island 
and that's quite expensive. Yeah. So, so not to have to tanker it away, and yet not being able to put it into the loch, then uh, um, we had to try and do something with it. And, and that's when I came across this extraordinary fellow, Dr. Paul Ditchfield uh, from Ireland, who came up with this idea of, of anaerobic digestion um, on, a, on, a, on a bonsai scale. Um, and, well, it's, it's, you know, four years we've been, uh, you know, sort of you know, working on it. Um, and it's not been easy. It's been, it's been very difficult. We've discovered lots of problems that have created and we've had to overcome and lots of uh, environmental issues. And um, it, it, it's been very tricky, but, um, but we got there in the end. And it's been very tricky. Has it been worth it? What are the main benefits you see from it? Uh, um, the, 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 has it been worth it? It's been worth it. When you're pioneering anything, uh, when someone comes along to you with this new idea that hasn't been used in this application, um, you're going to have problems. And it's been very frustrating that, you know, as you move through the process, you know, there's a new problem that has to be surmounted, and then there's a new problem. I mean, the, the last problem we had to surmount was the fact that having got this ability to create 80 kilowatt hours of electricity, um, the grid wouldn't let us put it in. Uh, um, because it was too much. The, the, the antiquated uh, um, uh, grid system on the island couldn't handle um, such a volume. So having got all the way to this, this, this position of generating electricity, the permit that we needed to allow us to put our own green electricity into the grid, uh, um, we couldn't get. Uh, um, the fact that we use all our electricity anyhow is, 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 is you know, is, is neither here nor there. So, so, so it's, it's, it's this sort of uh, um, issue, um, one after the other, that comes you know, to, you know, to the fore, which has to be overcome, which we've finally been able to do. Yeah. But this it seems to me this is just one part of, of an initiative that Brooke Laddie are doing, because I'm aware that you are becoming more involved with organic whiskey with biodiverse uh, well, well, biodynamic well, yeah well, we've, been, we've been doing that for a long time of course a lot of things we do uh, um, you don't see because you know whiskey has to mature um, so, so organic barley we've been growing that since 2003 um, the proportion has increased it, it, it represents now almost again according to harvest about 50% of our, our, our barley, so, you know, again, another 1,000 tons. Um, and this year we, we, we um, distilled some biodynamic barley. Mm. Um, now, you know, why? I, I, you know, as you know, I come from a wine background, and, and, and I've experienced and been fascinated by the development of organics, um, particularly in the Burgundy vineyards. Um, and I've watched it develop, and biodynamics as well, you know, from being, you know, something that sounded completely cuckoo, uh, um, to, you know, the fact that the top eight greatest winemakers in the world, um, you know, follow the biodynamic uh, uh, principle. So, so, you know, and I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've tasted it, I've put my money where my mouth is, um, and it just seemed incredible uh, well, just in, it, well, it seemed entirely natural that, you know, we've got a distillery here. You know, why the hell aren't we doing this? Uh, um, and and so, 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 so that's where that sort of concept comes from. Does it make a difference? Sure it makes a difference. 
um, you know, there's a lot of people that poo-poo these things because, you know, they just think it's a, a, you know, some marketing thing. It, it, it does make a big difference. And, you know, if you, next time you come over and, you know, I'm happy to show you uh, in new spirit, you know, the difference that these things make. Uh, um, you know, so we're not doing it for, you know, uh, you know, for fun. Yeah. You know, we, 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 again, we put our money where our mouth is. You know, it's, so it's half our barley requirement. So when you're saying it's making a difference, you're actually talking about a direct difference to the whiskey itself. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and it's, you know, hey, it's not bloody rocket science. You know, this is, again, forms part of our, our, our sort of core belief in what we're doing here is, is you know, barley, and, 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 you know, Brooke Laddie was one of them. You know, barley was international barley. Mm. Barley from anywhere. Wherever it's, it's a commodity. And that's what it's become. And what we've been trying to do is actually return that the, that the primary raw ingredient of, of, of whiskey, the thing that gives it all its complexity, the thing that makes it so profound and complex, uh, um, is, 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 is barley, malted barley. Um, so we're just trying to put that back to the fore and not make it a commodity, but an agricultural raw ingredient. And that, and then, so that if you go, if you, if you accept that principle, then of course, organic barley, um, individual farms, you know, we've now got 28 farms growing barley for us. Uh, um, is that, you know, it all fits into place, sure. if you see what I mean. Well, can I ask you a rather strange question? And I'll, I'll, mm. I'll give you a little bit of a preface before this. Mm. Is I, I'm, I've been told that when people are in the legal profession, one of the things they're taught is if you're in the courtroom, never ask a question unless you already know what the answer's going to be. <laughs> yes. um, my background's in psychiatry, and I, I, I right. often got used to asking questions. I didn't know what the answer was going to be. That was part of yeah. it. I yeah. don't know what the answer to this question's going to be. Yeah. I don't even know how you could possibly answer it. Right. It's such a vague question. All these things going on with Brook Ladder, the organic, the biodynamic, the... Mm. the stuff that you're doing generating electricity with the pot ale and all this sort of business i know you're not a native of the island and i don't know whether that has an impact on, on this or not but how does that feel for you with all those things going on achieving those things how does it just feel well well there is an odd question uh, um, the reason i ask this is it's so easy well, it's not easy but there's a logic in saying what you're doing this you're doing that what mm. what effect does that have on that there's a mm. there's b what does that do to c but it's curiosity yeah it's curiosity but again i i, I would stress again my, my early experiences in the wine trade i've seen the, the this sort of experimentation this innovation this application in, in, in the wine world you know after the the, the, the war you know things were in a desperately bad state and mm. agrochemicals came on the scene people realized that they could get twice as much uh, grapes by putting down nitrates and stuff uh, um that they could use uh, uh, um, uh, um insecticides and pesticides spray it all go off on holiday for the rest of the year and come back at harvest time uh, um and this this these modern uh, um, technologies allowed them to become absentee farmers. Um, the quality went out the window. Mm. The individuality, the, the the concept of terroir, you know, the concept of uh, of, of microclimate and soil, 
um, the, the, the whole appellation system of the French vineyards had been developed uh, went out the window, and it, it was it was in the the the, the, the late eighties, early nineties that a, a sort of a third post-war generation came on the scene. Young guys who'd been to wine school, they'd learned how to make wine. They weren't just following, you know, folklore stuff. Um, and they all realized, you know, what a disaster uh, uh, things had become and that something needed to change, something needed to, to, uh, uh, to happen. They needed to rediscover farming. Uh, they needed to rediscover the relationship with their land and their climate and their soils, um, which had been lost. Um, and so I was, I, I witnessed this and, 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 and over 20, 25 years. That's, I suppose, where the drive comes from, is I've seen it happen there. Um, and why can't we do it here? Um, and it's had the same effect. You've, you've farmers here on Isla, um, uh, of the 28 farms, uh, about 16, 17, 18 are here on Isla. You know, when you get farmers coming to, to you and saying, sort of thanking me for, for giving them the opportunity to grow barley and rediscover farming. Yeah. Because likewise, they, they, you know, they farm for subsidies. You know, they've lost the concept. You know, one guy said to me, say, yeah, you know, this, isn't, this isn't dewy-eyed stuff, but, but harvest time, you know, there's that feeling of community and, and cooperation, you know, sharing equipment, uh, um, helping each other out. Uh, um, getting the harvest in. He said, I remember how it used to be. I remember my mother used to come down with a, with a piece of picnic, you know, and we'd all go down to, you know, whoever's field to get their stuff in. And there's, there's, there's this wonderful excitement and feeling of, uh, you know, he said, I, you know, we all got tractors now. Uh, um, it's changed. It's not the same manual labor intensive thing that farming used to be. But, you know, we've rediscovered that feeling. Mm. And, and I think that's, that is what gives me great pleasure, is, is, is this idea uh, um, is giving them pleasure. You know, they're growing something, uh, they're seeing it, they're working their land, uh, um, they're getting a decent payment for it, they're seeing it go in, turn into something, um, they're tasting that spirit, they're comparing their spirit with their neighbor's spirit, you know, why is mine different to yours, you know, you know they're, 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 they're discussing terroir, they're, they're rationalizing terroir, uh, uh, um, and I think that's been a very satisfying experience, you know, when you see guys buying new machinery because it's, you know, it's for harvesting or, you know, working their land, you know, because of, you know, the, the, you know, barley and, and growing barley I mean that's that's a very a very satisfying thing yeah does that answer it yeah it does in fact as you were talking there um it reminded me going back to Jim McEwen I think mm. about a year ago now I was talking to Jim and I had this what I thought a brilliant idea of something that he could do mm. obviously I'd had a few whiskies at that point as as inspiration and I, I started talking to him about it, and he didn't seem to be that greatly excited by it. And I said, well, why don't you do this, Jim? And he said, because it doesn't excite me. Mm. It has to excite me. Yeah. And this is what I'm picking up from you. Yes, there's an awful lot of logic behind this. There's an yeah. awful lot of sense behind it. But yeah. you also seem to be very excited and passionate about it. Oh, well, well, well I, think, I think we are. And, and, and of course, when I, when I first met Jim, uh, um, I, my, my, my overriding memory of the occasion was... Here is a man who is more enthusiastic about his subject than I am about mine. Mm. 
And I think you know, that, that was that was that was ten years before. Well, that's twenty years ago today. Twenty years ago now. Ten years before we started our project. Uh, um, and I think that's that's very true. You've got you've got to be interested. You've got to be passionate about something. You know, we're making something that takes a bloody long time to occur. It's not like brewing where you can have an idea and then you can put it into practice and have a product to sell two weeks later. You know, you know for us, it's, you know, it's ten years, five years. You know, it's a long, long time. So we've been living with all this all the time. You know, we're coming up to our 10th birthday on, 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 uh, on the 10-year-old Brook Laddie, the first, our first 10-year-old Brook Laddie on, on September the 10th. And, and, and you, you know, people say, oh, you must be really excited, really excited. And you think, well, actually, I'm not, because... We know what it's all about. We've been doing it for so long. Uh, um, so it's not a sort of sudden new thing. Yes, it's a landmark moment. But, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you, you work very close. You live with all this stuff. You know, it, it, it's, it's been maturing away. The organic barley, we first did that in 2003. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so, so yes, there's, there's this, this frustrating delayed reaction between our enthusiasm for doing something and the inspiration behind it. Yeah. And the, the consumers' excitement because <laughs> they have to wait. Yeah, it, this is—it's the sort of thing I actually imagine happens in the music trade. Do you know what I mean? Where somebody spends a long mm. time, get very passionate about writing a mm. song, they rehearse it, they record it, yeah. the marketing goes through it. By the time yeah, it's yeah. come out, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're tired of it. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've moved on. You know, sort of thing. It is a bit like that. Yeah. You know, you know, the, 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 the theory that's behind you know, twenty-eight farms. 28, and not all 28 farms uh, um, barley is, is kept separate, because some of the farms are just too small, some of the fields are just too small, uh, but more or less 20 farms worth is separate, you know, is kept separate from, from barley to barrel. And, 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 and you know, people say, well, what's, you know, are you going to have 20 different, well, no, no, that, that's not the point. What the idea is, and again, this comes from the wine world. Uh, um, you know, if, if you ever have the fortune to, 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 uh, in both senses of the word, to, um, drink or see a bottle of something like Chateau Latour or Chateau Lafitte or whatever, one of these great first growth Bordeaux wines, um, you'll notice under the Chateau name it says Grand Vin. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, that means great wine, great wine, great wine. But it's, it, it, it's great as in Great Britain, uh, larger. You know, it's the large, it's larger Britain rather than aren't we fantastic, yeah. aren't we unbelievable? And the point is, the great wine or the grand vin is made up of lots of little wines. Yeah. Specific grape varieties suited to specific soils throughout the estate. There may be 40 or 50 different wines that are in, that, that are made first separately and put into bow. They are then selected by the maitre de chez, the cellar master, by taste, to create the grand vin. So the grand vin is made up of little wines, and this is where the complexity is created, and this is what lies behind our whole concept of um, individual farms. You know, it's not just for fun. You know, there, there's a rationale here that this will be the only whiskey ever to be created from such a degree of complex uh, individual small wines uh, um, that will give it that 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 extraordinary uh, complexity. Um, so that that's the, you know that's the, that's the point of doing it hmm. uh, um, is to is to give us what what will ultimately.
can't maybe be the ultimate whiskey mindfuck. You know, uh, yeah. um, you know, it just won't be. Uh, you know, no, no one will be able to come close to it. So that's one of the other things. We're just building up on one of uh, one word you, mm. you were saying there about complexity, diversity mm. in a way. Mm. Brook Valley itself is doing that now. Mm. I'm just thinking back to one of the things that inspired me to give you this phone call in the first mm. place. If somebody a few weeks ago had said to me, Brook Laddie cars, I'd immediately thought of uh, a racing type of car. Um, but now there's a new, there's a new Brook Laddie car on the scene. Well, uh, um, they, 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 are you talking about Le Mans? Oh, or, I'm talking, or are you about talking about the about my, my electric one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, um, well, and of course, as you'll remember, the, the X4 uh, with James May and Oz Clark that we, we used, you know, the, the quadruple distilled spirit to, to, to run a, a racing car. Yeah. Uh, um, well, the, the, the Leaf is, is, is the opposite. It's, it's, it's made by Nissan. It's, a, it's, it's an electric car. Having produced our own electricity, um, I wanted something you know, I, want, I, want, I wanted something to do with it, you know, so, so you know, we, the whole concept of it, the project, was to produce enough electricity to power the distillery, no more, no less. That was the, uh, that's the aim, so everything has been scaled accordingly. Um, so, you know, you produce your own electricity, and, 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 you know, I drive, you know, eight miles along the Atlantic shore uh, twice a day, taking, you know, my son to school, um, and you think, well, you know, and, and diesels, one pound sixty a litre, and you think, hmm, and surely there must be. And, and so I, I, I wrote to various uh, um, manufacturers and saying, look, you know, I, I'm producing, you know, our own electricity. You know, you've got an electric car. Why don't we put the two together? Yeah. Um, and Nissan um, produced this car that basically looks a bit like a Golf, I suppose, a, a Volkswagen Golf. Um, and I'm extremely pleased to drive it because you, you, you sit there with a massively smug smile knowing that, you know, you, you, this is electricity for free. Yeah. Uh, this has to be the way forward, you know. Uh, um, and, you know, you, you, it's not like driving a, you're not driving as a milk float. You know, this is, this is a, a car that has, this, you know, very pokey performance. Um, and, you know, it's as quiet as, you know, makes no sound whatsoever. Um, and I can do my commute my Atlantic commute um, on one charge a week Fantastic. if that's what I want to do um, and, you, and you think well that's, that's you know, again it's a Harvey-esque sort of thing you know if, if Harvey's new they, they would have done it you know yeah. uh, um, and, and it's, it's not we're not eco-warriors I, this is very important you know, this is not some sort of you know eco sort of thing you know it's, it's pragmatism uh, um, practicality um, and that's very much what you know the the, the, the you know, to me, you know, this, this whole distilling uh, um, project is about. But being a bit eco-warrior-ish, in a way, it's, it's not, no, it's not that argument of, of the fact that there's a reason for doing it. It's not just to do it because you're an eco-warrior, for example. You're doing it because it's actually good sound business sense oh, yeah, sure. behind it. And that, sure. in turn, actually makes it more sustainable anyway. Well, uh, but, but, well of course, of course, of course it has to. I mean, to persuade uh, my fellow directors that, you know, we should invest, you know, the best part of a third of a million pounds in, 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 in this, this, in, in this uh, anaerobic digestion project. Uh, I mean, yes, of course it had to have, you know, stand up. And, uh, um, you know, we reckon that, you know, with the savings uh, of, of not having to buy our electricity, of not having to tanker away water uh, uh, um, and and the uh, feed-in tariffs 
you know, we should be able to pay back that investment within three years. That's, That's an economically, you know, viable proposition. Yeah. And, and have a lot of fun, although sort of a lot of sort of uh, hair pulling in the process. Uh, um, you know, and, and it's, it, again, it's, it, it's like a red rag to a bull. You know, it's to prove you can do it. If yeah. we can do it, Everybody should be able to do it. Well, that's no, got me thinking. Perhaps I should be saying to my wife, you know, let's forget about any ideas of putting solar panels on the roof. Let's have a, a small distillery in the back garden. Yes. And sort of <laughs> run something well, like solar that. panels are notoriously useless. You know, yeah. a, a poor investment. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, we get we get lots of of, of, of people coming up with ideas um, about fuels, uh, alternative fuels. Uh, um, but they, you know, by the, end, by the time you've worked it all out, I, I always use old, uh, Duncan McGilvery, our distillery uh, um, manager there, to, to, to run these ideas. And you know, if he raises an eyebrow, uh, um, you know that the guy's barking mad. You know? And if you get you know, Duncan's interest, then you know you're onto something good. And I think you know, that's, that's quite a good... A lot of these ideas are, are, are no more than wishful thinking. Um, people looking for funding money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, and there's one guy who came up with uh, an idea of cultivating um, um, uh, cultivating sort of uh, microbes that you could squeeze, squish into, into sort of a, 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 a fuel. Um, and when we actually calculated it, we would have needed um, um, a size uh, of ten times the size of a football pitch, um, stacked um, uh, so a hundred feet tall uh, of these pallets growing these microbes uh, um, to fuel the distillery, and you just think, well, that's, that's just barking mad. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen, you know. Um, so, so, so the anaerobic digestion thing made sense because it's not new technology. It's not a new concept. Uh, um, the, the physical hardware is, is you know, and, and the, the electronic uh, um, uh, um, uh, maintenance of it is, is new. Um, but the actual concept is, you know, has been around for, for many, many, many years. So it's, 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 I would say it's tried and tested, um, but not, not on such a, a, a small, compact scale. Mark, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, it's been a, uh, a pleasure and an honour talking to you, and then again, once more, thank you again. Pleasure. Well, thank you again for listening to this episode of the More to Muse podcast. If you haven't heard them already, there is a back catalogue of other episodes available on iTunes, and if anybody wants to contact me, they can do so. My email address is jim at themaltedmuse.com. There's the website, www.themaltedmuse.com. And there's also Twitter, Twitter at themaltedmuse. So thank you again for listening. I hope you'll listen next week. And until then, thank you and goodbye.